This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor, fightful.com, fightfulwrestling.com. It is November 18th. WWE Survivor Series. If you missed it, we have the NXT TakeOver War Games 2 review up there. We have the Triple H media call from both before and after NXT TakeOver. Those are all up at Fightful.com. This show brought to you by FightfulSelect.com. You can head there. Every week we do a 205 Live NXT, NXT UK review, sometimes in two parts. Warren does that. Uh, We have uh, bi-weekly Q&A shows. I posted a bonus show for our Tier 2 people today. Alternate commentary. We do retro reviews. We have the Weekender podcast, soon to be hosted by Steven Jensen, reviewing Impact, NWA, BTE, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground. And we're going to do some more and more. Con- we need to have a ton of content over there. Check that out. But if you want all your free wrestling news, scoops, videos, podcasts, FightfulWrestling.com is where to go. If you guys don't mind, head over to YouTube.com slash FightfulMMABoxing. Subscribe to our new MMA and boxing channel. Without further ado, I am joined by one Alex Palowski. Alex, how you doing? Well, it's a long night of wrestling, Sean. Uh, but some some uh, developments in the last couple of matches that made me perk up uh, and uh, and 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 love wrestling, which I did not for most of the night tonight. I, I vacillate between loving wrestling and not loving wrestling. Most of the night was not loving it. The last couple of matches, I loved wrestling again. I mentioned that Fightful Select service, my friends, Warren Hayes, all over it. One of our, our star voices over there, that NXT 205 Live podcast is uh, one of our, our most watched, most listened to shows. And uh, Warren, we got you here on the pay-per-view show this weekend. Uh, Jeff, actually at the event. So yeah. our, our buddy Warren stepping up to bat. Well, th- thank you, Jeff, for taking a night off. I appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't get to jump onto the main roster uh, pay-per-views recaps like this very often. And I'm I'm kind of glad I did tonight because I really had a blast uh, during the show. I thought there was a good mix of, uh, of, of good and not so good, but nothing I found really egregious. I think Alex and I, my, Alex and I tonight might uh, get to, to some fisticuffs. I'm then. ready for it. I'm ready Let's to see you guys it. fighting. I'm trying to fix my hair over here. It's a mess. You look cute. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. But yeah, I think we, we might have you on the NXT TakeOver shows a little more often. It makes sense considering that you you review the show. But yeah, guys, FightfulSelect.com. Check it out. That's it for the plugs besides, you know, my favorite. Ooh, boy, do I have some good stuff in store for you guys in terms of plugs. <laughs> After Listen Your Boy 99, tune in this Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Myself, Melissa, the press conference, it's going down. If you want to see it full, unedited, Fightful Select, it's up there. We got Survivor Series. This show kicks off with a two-hour-long kickoff show. Alex, there was one match on this thing. The main card was about three and a half hours long, completely digestible, to be quite honest with you. Yes, why do we need a two-hour kickoff show? 
Well, we needed things like Jerry Lawler uh, saying that evil is like diarrhea. We needed that, Sean. We needed that on the airwaves. It's a thing that I hope they put on his tombstone. Evil is like diarrhea, Jerry the King Lawler. I don't think he's ever said anything more important than that. Warren, your thoughts on the the extended kickoff show? Uh, two hours is way too much. However, at least during the the the, the pre show, uh, we realized that someone in WWE creative realized that putting Ruby Riot and Natalia on the same team didn't make any sense. So at least they came to grips with that, uh, and and it was peppered with some r truth, you know. Yes. Why, why? Why do you have to bring science into this? Did he ask unto the women's, uh, the women's uh, raw team? I think it was raw. Or I fully enjoyed all the R Truth integration into this show. For it sure. was it was nice comedy relief, and that's almost Good. exclusively what he is: is comedy relief. And I'm okay with that. I, I'm completely fine with that. He wanted to join the SmackDown women's team. Then he wanted to join the, the Raw team later. Then he wanted a spot on SmackDown, which he already has. So I really liked that. I thought that was was fun. And then he he accompanied Carmella to the ring, which yeah. I liked as well. I thought that was good. I, I like to see them still together. They're on Mixed Match Challenge. Why not? Uh, but Raw women's team is arguing because Ruby Riot is uh, fight. They're they're fighting with each other. Her and Natalia. So Alexa kicks them off the team. Alexa Bliss back there looking like. She's about to try to fight Santa Claus for control of the North Pole. How is that not a WWE film, WWE studio movie, Alex? Oh, it's, uh, it's absolutely true. She she could easily play the Ice Queen. Uh, it's good. Uh, I'm 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 here for it. That'd be good. Um, it, it was weird that I was that when they announced this, they were like, "There's no way Ruby and and Natalia can get along." That's a stupid thing to do to put them on the same team. And it took the people who were on the team like five days to realize that, where it took the rest of us five minutes. So that always make it always is good to make sure that your people who work for you are on, on screen are, are portrayed as being stupid. But beyond that, it was a lot of fun. We also get a vignette. Lars Sullivan debuting on the main roster soon. Yep. Uh, I have thoughts. Born, I was I was about to throw it to you, but my brain froze. He is definitely a guy Vince McMahon would want on the main roster. Yeah, uh, I have a love hate relationship with Lars because I think he has he has a look. He has the best entrance in NXT, uh, only, only using lighting and yeah. camera positioning. He's fantastic, but Lars is a talent that just. Um, he doesn't mesh well in NXT because it doesn't fit the style that most of the competitors are used yeah. to and that Full Sail and the NXT universe are uh, enjoy the most. I think right now he's a perfect fit for Maine. I think he's – is he going to do well? I don't know because personally I still think he's very green despite the fact that he – you know, he fought with a broken jaw. He finished a match with a cracked jaw. He's been around uh, good for on him. years. He's been around for years at this point. I Occasionally, when he does something notable, I post funny pictures of him with hair several years ago that I yeah. took. An incredibly friendly guy in reality, too. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I have a soft spot for him because 
there was something that that he that he he just touched on the surface of an NXT that he'll never be allowed to do in the main roster, which was like he's a genius, mm-hmm. but you'll never actually figure that out because you're too busy being afraid of how giant he is. Like that was a weird little torque they had with some stuff that he was doing that I really wanted to see more of. And, you know, we'll never get that. But I will say that I, I thought that he did a great job with the guys who don't work his style in those matches. Hell, like on the most recent TV episode of NXT, he had a great match with Velveteen Dream. Absolutely. I mean, it's cool. And apparently he's got a little mini feud they've already taped with him and Keith Lee before he ever gets called up. That's, that's going to air, which I'm here for. But like, again, like, you know, have fun being on the main roster, big guy, and being on TV twice in six months. And that, that little mini singles push you get that peters out and goes nowhere, that's going to be fun. Like, I I, I wish... How, how is that any different than what he's got going on on NXT right now? I, I think there's more possibility for him to be used. His thing with EC3 was great. That was yeah, but he was, he was still just on TV every couple of weeks and well, winning, losing, NXT's barely doing anything. It's an entirely different thing. I, what I'm saying is... Bringing up to the main roster, they do the same thing with everybody, no matter how good they are. And Lars is not nearly as good as Andrade Sinanelmas or or Office of Pain, in my opinion. So what they're going to do with him, who knows? But I I, I honestly wonder what Vince would think of his his lisp. And well, as, just use that as comedy and anything else. As it pertains uh, to Lars, I look at it, I'm like, if, if that's his booking, well, then it's the same thing he's got going on. He's just... Sure. Getting a huge salary bump and a scheduling. That, that is that is true. I mean, that that's true. really it. Tag team brand supremacy. Uh, I don't know why we're reviewing this match because apparently it didn't happen, nor does it matter because this was not counted on the official count for the SmackDown versus Raw thing that we saw later on. Like mere minutes after this, we're told that it just didn't exist, Alex. That's really too bad because once they got rid of all the dead weight in this match... And it just boiled down to like the revival versus the new day and and the Usos. That was some damn fine tag team wrestling, but it doesn't count. It literally doesn't count. They 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 put it because as we'll figure, we'll talk about SmackDown won this match, but when they did the tally at the end of the night, Raw with a clean sweep. And because you have to, in order to have that narrative, you have to deny this match ever happened. At one point. Corey Graves was like, well, remember, SmackDown did have a victory of sorts on, on the pre-show. Of, of sorts. sorts. No, no, no. They won the damn match. Did the match happen or not? Apparently not. Actually, before the match happened on the pre-show, they said SmackDown, tr- Smackdown trying to get off to a 1-0 start. Well, they did, but you didn't count it. So Your boys on SmackDown hell? got hoed around tonight. They got hosed. No, they got hoed. H O apostrophe D both <laughs> hoed. Both. They both got hosed both. too. Both things. Kofi Kingston and Greg Metalik are setting this, sending this one out. Kind of. Kind of. It looked like Kalisto feigned a knee injury. It was weird. But but then he does an assisted splash where he leaps to the shoulders of his partner and then rolls out of the ring and sits there and waits till the end. I, I asked. I did not hear back. I asked WWE a lot of stuff tonight. Apparently. Uh, their enjoyment of me pretty much limits to them hooking me up with Starcade tickets <laughs> next Saturday because there were lots of stuff I asked them about tonight and got a nothing back on. So they're back to teasing Kalisto's injury. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't make sense of this. Uh, I've tried to find out. No, no word. But the Revival pin Primo with a shatter machine. This was good. And Anderson spine, spine buster hits, but then he gets worked over by Team Raw. 
B team or the next team eliminated. Then a rude salt gets out Eric Young. Sanity deserve way better than this. Yep. Dorado counters a magic killer, and then he and Lucha House Party uh, together hit in stereo Asai Moonsaults. Metalik wins over Anderson with a senton on him. So Metalik is just in this match now. He's in the match yeah. now because the match doesn't count, so why not? So I'm sitting there saying, why didn't Kofi get involved? Well, maybe maybe it was uh, maybe no one else realized that it was Lucha Rules. Here's the deal uh, that they could have done. They they could have easily done this. Um, you have the you have the New Day and and Sanity with three guys each. Just eliminate the Colognes; they're not in the match. And then you have the six guys with with instead of having two from from each team, you have three from the two teams, and then they're, they're all in the match. That's much better. I don't. Want, I'd rather see Alexander Wolf in the match than either of the Colognes. Trying to make sense out of an insensible situation, always. So <laughs> <laughs> says he, taking a sip. It's true. <laughs> yeah. There, it gets a little messy. Usos and Dorado completely screw up a pop-up Samoan drop spot. Ugh, ugh. Lucha House Party eliminated. Big E tags in, does a great hot tag, but gets a German suplex and almost pinned, but it's broken up. An assisted backstabber for New Day can't win it. Dawson does a goddamn suicide dive, and then Wilder uh, hit an apron tornado DDT. They ha- they, I've not seen the Revival so clunky in a match before, but they, they, they were in this one. Big E does a uh, YOLO dive, almost called it a Yuletide dive, which, I mean, I guess we could call it a Yuletide oh, dive. Why not? Yuletide. Uso crazy over the top rope. Chad Gable does a German suplex off the top rope onto the pile. Now, this uh, – I didn't think I would be saying this on the main card of the WWE Survivor Series show after David Arquette almost got um, manslaughtered this weekend. And Ricochet did a double backflip. Yeah. And Io Shirai did a moonsault off the top rope to the outside onto a couple people who didn't wrestle three months ago. In but this was jeans. in skinny jeans mm-hmm. with with them tucked into her boots. Yep. At that, this is one of the craziest spot I, spots I saw all weekend. A German suplex off the top rope onto the pile, and they all caught him. Unlike. Uh, your boys at NXT last night with Ricochet. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting because it's the kind of spot that, like you said, we're not expecting to see on main roster. So when they're setting it up, you know, you're kind of like, uh, okay, well, there's going to be some shenanigans and they're not going to go through with it. But I think the extra, oh, is when it happens because usually they, they tease doing something crazy like that, but they never do it. So it added to the drama. Yeah, it's wild, man. This was a this the first half of this match shouldn't ex, shouldn't have existed. It really should have just been revival and maybe Lucha House Party against the Usos and New Day. That would have been so good. Yep, we could have had this nonstop. It's just oh man. So or or you know you could have had Rude and Gable and then then pick another person because I like Rude and Gable in here. Sure. Biggie does catch a Rude moonsault. And gets midnight hour to eliminate him. Revival and New Day had some real clunky spots, but Revival caught Xavier uh, flying off the rope to the Shatter Machine, and that's it. Yeah. New Day out. This was a cool spot. You had to, well, quite frankly, I did tweet. Yes, I saw. 
I did not, I did not <laughs> dignify it with a response. <laughs> I didn't even get a like. <laughs> you decided not to at me. But, <laughs> but yeah, I saw your little joke there, Sean Rossap. And no, I did not ejaculate. But I did find it very fun. Uh, I love the survival <laughs> un- unapologetically. I thought that was a really cool move. Um, and again, uh, every now and then, WWE lets them look like the world beaters they really are and then expects us to just accept it when they go back to being jobbers. These guys are great. Book them like they're great. They almost won this match tonight for Raw. And honestly, if you're going to do the clean sweep angle, just have them win that match. But over Vince's dead body, will he ever put over the revival? I'm not this. A Steiner Bulldog, which in 2018 is awesome, hits for the Revival, flattens Jimmy, but he kicks out. Superplex and Splash can't win it either, but the Usos win with an Uso Splash. Last half of this match was real good, Warren, but still a little bit clunky. Not the greatest. Uh, this this was a little too over, a little too overdone. Too many ingredients, I think. No, exactly. And uh, you mentioned you you pointed it out also on Twitter that, you know, there's a bunch of teams here that just didn't get the respect that they needed either. I mean, leave it up to WWE to humiliate uh, 65 percent of its uh, tag team roster within a a seven minute time span. Uh, But yeah, once we had only four teams left, it was fantastic. I even I even thought Chad Gable and Bobby Roode tonight were a lot of fun, you know, doing that. Uh, crazy moonsault new, uh, neckbreaker spot, and then the the uh, uh, German suplex neckbreaker spot. I think I, from now on, I'm going to be calling Bobby Neckbreaker Rude. I think that's how I'm going to refer to him from this point on. Uh, I thought this was good for the uh, the 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 better end of uh, of the match. Uh, I didn't quite understand the Kalisto thing. I didn't understand the psychology of it because he was on his knees and he was kind of he he was favoring his knee kind of trying to to stand back up not tagging out but Lindsay gets back gets in does his thing and then tags Kalisto back in I'm like why would you bring your injured guy back in it didn't make any sense to me my match ratings on this uh, show will go up in the morning I will put them up early on uh, fightfulselect.com Alex Warren, would it be fair to say that for the rest of this show that the blue brand got blue balled? Uh, I'm not. I'm not answering that. Why not? Um. Um. Well, because I. Okay. Would you yeah. Would you say that with the with the exception of a few broken sticks, that SmackDown just got hosed down? Yes, I would say that. Well, you know what? Mm. If you're fearful. Of your blue brand getting blue balled, you're afraid that your your sticks might be broken. Take after taking beating after beating after beating, and just maybe not getting the job done, preventing you from hosing the person across those four posts from you down. Our friends at Blue Chew can help. Whether you're looking to be the sole survivor or you want your friends to come and help you and see it all the way through, BlueChew.com is the place to go. 
BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work to give you that extra performance and extra confidence to get the job done. You see Shane McMahon? I guess I'll do another coast to coast. I guess I'll do one. I guess I'll go from ring post to ring post. You'll be slamming up against every post in that bedroom from one end to the other. Maybe both ends. You never know. Blue Chew will get it done for you. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Maybe you have your face broken. You're still good to go Sunday for the big show. Prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And how about this? How about this? I'm going to give it to you for free. You just got to use that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping, and it's yours, my friend. Hit them up at Get Blue Chew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. <clears throat> You're a master. Honestly, I'm in awe. Yeah. Sensei. You're goddamn right I am. You're you're better than Michael Cole. Yeah, it doesn't who, take much. Who later in the night went from like speaking of the devastation we just saw in the ring, the devastation of those wildfires has been pretty bad. I'm like, yeah. oh, do you, do you know how much it pisses me off when Michael. I hear shitty segues? Oh my! Because I got to be honest with you, it's not hard. It's not. It's not hard. Probably because he hasn't. It, you know, even even Blue Chew couldn't make those segues hard. <laughs> And there ain't a lot that that can't make hard. Right, right, Survivor Series <laughs> women's match. Team Raw defeated Team SmackDown. Nia Jax is your sole survivor. Predicted this on our predictions uh, piece this week, Alex. I mean, if you're going booking straight heat, this is the most sensible thing, especially given the trajectory of this match, right? Yeah, I just there's something that feels dirty about it. I mean, like you're you're. <laughs> You're, you're 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 essentially rewarding her for making a giant fucking mistake. Yeah. And 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 I understand that it's it's good for your story and everything, but it looks really bad. Like be, because the whole thing is I understand the position they're in though. The the position they're in is sure. that that in the story that they're telling, kayfabe, these wrestlers are supposed to try and hurt each other. When they do, they're successful at their jobs. But the opposite is true in real life. And so when you have like, hey, Nia Jax, we're going to push you to the moon. You're going to acknowledge that you're the hashtag face breaker now. It, it, it makes those of us who know it's actually scripted just go, oh, really? You're, you're going to do that, huh? Okay, I guess that's one way to go. And I, I think everybody knows it's scripted uh, at this point. So Right, but... I, I tweeted, WDB is this weird thing where they are sometimes so absent of creative ability at time or not ability, but just creative gumption at time that somebody screwing up leads to a more interesting storyline. That's where we were here. And Nia Jax had that heat and Becky Lynch is the most over person in the company bar none. And Nia Jax took her lumps in this match. She didn't get like any offense, right? They knew what to expect. And every time she got hit, somebody got over. Every time. So, 
Naomi gets a big face pop for kicking her. Then Tamina pins her with a super kick. Then Tamina, Tamina immediately gets rolled up by Carmella. Warren, did you see this one unfolding that quick? Uh, not that, not that quickly. Absolutely not. Uh, especially, especially not Naomi. But I think now uh, we might, uh, we might be. Uh, seeing the curse of uh, becoming the captain of the SmackDown women's team. The same thing happened to Becky Lynch last year at the first ever Survivor Series ta- uh, match with the with the women where Becky Lynch was just trounced out immediately uh, a, a few minutes, uh, mere minutes after the bell rung. Same thing with Naomi here. So, uh, you know, maybe the captainship now is just plain old cursed. I really hope WWE doesn't read this heat as for Nia as let's give her a big mania match because it was her being inept in the ring. No, what what it, what, it, what it somehow looks like to me is that they're planning a Becky versus Nia match at some point. I mean, they should. Which you know because that, that's they're they're not leading like it's not like sometimes when this happens they'll lean away from it and they'll say the actual feud is between Becky and Ronda. Let's keep the focus on that, but. In this case, they're leaning into it so hard. Becky's got to go through Nia as an underboss before she gets to the top boss, which is Ronda. Like, I feel like that's going to be the story that plays out whenever Becky is healthy. But oh, I they, think, it, they, but, they, uh, sorry, I, I think though it makes sense because in Becky Lynch's character right now, like, I think when she does come back, that's that'll be her focus. Yes, she still wants to fight Ronda, Ronnie. She's been talking about it enough on social media, but I think it will make sense for her to go after Nia first. So if they're booking it that way, I'm fine with that. It makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, they 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 have a lot of matches up their sleeve right now. They have a ton yep. right now. Uh, I want to know: Did we really need an Oscar and Mickey James shoulder block standoff spot? Nope. That isn't anything that I ever said. You know what I need? I need these two boulders, these behemoths, Oscar and Mickey James, <laughs> earthquake and typhooning it. <laughs> I didn't need that. I didn't need that. No, nope. Mickey seemed like she was a step behind to me when she was in there with Sonya. Like, Sonya was having to wait on her for quite a bit, and Mandy blind tags her and then pins her. Carmella does a moonwalk DDT on Bailey, and then walks into a Bailey to belly. Carmella is out. They got Mandy Rose a lot of reps in this match. Yeah. And this is a woman who, a few years ago, people said, oh, why, why would we want to vote for her on Tough Enough? She doesn't want this. And here she is over probably 200 matches into her career doing, doing pretty well. She taps to a bank statement. Nia, the way that she broke up this pin did not do her any favors for the uh, lazy, lazy mm-hmm. tropes that have been given to her. The crowd erupts when she gets hit, uh, gets hit into the ring post, and Asuka stomps her out. Sonya has a great kick to Bailey, but gets Bailey to bellied, and they are both counted out. I like that way of eliminating both of them. Yeah, Sasha and Asuka square off, and they just work great together. Asuka cracks Banks with a knee and a German suplex. Nia takes some more lunk. Lumps, uh, bank statement is applied and it's countered into the Oscar lock. But then Warren, Naya sabotages Sasha, pushes her off the top rope. Oscar taps out to the, to the Oscar lock, or Sasha taps out to the Oscar lock. And then Naya steals the pin, leg drop, leg drop, leg drop, Samoan drop. So you're setting up Naya and Sasha, Naya and Becky, maybe Naya and Rhonda, Becky and Rhonda, Charlotte and Rhonda. My God. They have a lot of stuff. Horsewomen, Ron. Horsewomen and horsewomen. There's there's so many different programs right now they can go into. I think that given the landscape, even though I don't uh, 
I'm not advocating what happened or rewarding her in any way, but given that crowd reaction, I think they read the room very well tonight, even though I'm not a fan of Nia's work or anything. Uh, what'd you think of the match? Uh, I thought, I thought the match was fine. I thought it was okay. Uh, I, and uh, I think it was basically built to create extra heat for, for Nia Jackson. That's exactly what we got. I thought it was a nice, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, a coming out party for Mandy Rose as well, because I thought she looked really, really good. One of her longest uh, appearances, matches in recent memory anyway, I thought she's really coming together. And, you know, across all the matches that you just mentioned, let's not forget that on top of that, they're bringing, you know, Sonya and Mandy Rose. They're building a nice little storyline, nice, nice little feud there. You know, two women that haven't had proper spotlight, that haven't had real match time together or, well, against each other or, you know, uh, separately. Um, uh, you know, coming up like that, I think it's cool. People wanted, have been clamoring to, sing, to see new faces, new storylines, new matches. Here they are developing it. And then on top of that, Throughout all the crap that's happening, Becky, Charlotte, Nia, so on. I mean, it's just bananas at this point. Yeah, Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, the the thing the thing about the the heat on Nia, like I I, I understand that they're like it's inevitable, but I feel like that you there's an easy way of 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 misinterpreting like, hey, you're a heel and we don't like you because of the character that you play. And hey, boo, get the hell out. You hurt our favorite wrestler because you're reckless in the ring. Yeah. And that second thing can, 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 can get away from you if you think you can control it. And that's the thing that I'm worried about WWE thinking, oh, we'll just, we'll just use this to our benefit. I don't know if that's going to work out for you guys in the long run. Let's, yeah, let's the- see. Let's see. But I'm not sure. I think in the short run, it, it did definitely did work out. But we'll see because it... I don't want anybody else to get hurt because this is something we talked about on Monday, Alex. Yeah, it is. I said, you know what? It's it's awesome. And hey, maybe Becky being hurt will help them in the long run. It might. Yeah, it might. But for Survivor Series, people were saying, oh, it's great. Well, not for Survivor Series, maybe. That remains to be seen because I like how everything unfolded there. But we'll, we'll talk about it. Seth Rollins defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. I fully expected Nakamura to win uh, due to Ambrose interference. But I love that. Even though Nakamura's gimmick has essentially been taken by Daniel Bryan, cock Nakamura, <laughs> Nakamura's gimmick now is a troll that can't stand being trolled. He just snaps when he, he's given it back, which happens so often. Uh, Rollins does his guillotine leg drop. Nakamura quickly regains control. Rollins gets the sling blade and body slams Nakamura over the top rope, which looked really cool. Nakamura does a, a suicide dive trio, the trifecta that Jay Lethal does. Nakamura uh, scores a few knees, gets super kicked hard, and then recovers pretty quickly to do an amazing flying arm bar, like outstanding, but gets buckle-bombed out of it. Nakamura gets a a pretty deep landslide. There have been, if there's nothing else that I like in pro wrestling, and Alex, I know you've seen some lazy pins on main main WWE programming, a pin that you're not quite sure somebody's going to kick out of, even though you know they're supposed to. Yeah. I appreciate one of those. Yeah, there, there's a wonderful uh, gamut of, of real deep, like, this guy might not be able to kick the out of this thing, to I have zero energy and I'm going to try and hook this leg, and if you have anything, you're kicking out of this. There's a giant spectrum. We saw both of that tonight. 
Yeah. Like uh, in this match, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I was into it. I, I honest, this was, this was match lived up to the expectations I had for it, which is, which is very good. A big Kinshasa hits for two and the crowd goes nuts. Rollin gets a super kick. Uh, Nakamura misses another Kinshasa. Rollins capitalizes with a curb stomp for the win. Good chemistry with these two. I didn't need the slow pace at the beginning, but uh, Rollins is told backstage he'll defend the IC title against Ambrose at TLC. Warren, what would you think of the match? Um, I thought that with this, with the pace that they were starting with, I thought we were in for 25 minutes because it was really slow. So I was kind of disappointed that uh, – that it, it led to where it did. But, I mean, it was still entertaining. I had fun. I tweeted it out. This is a fun match. Uh, and and I, I enjoyed it. I still don't understand to this very day how a superplex into a falcon arrow does not constitute the end of a match. But as far as seeing it be executed, I mark out every time. But and, and and by the way, I don't know what you guys think about this. I kind of feel right now I was I, I was surprised that Seth won clean. I was expecting Dean to interfere as well. Kind of feel like they're now they set up the match at um, at TLC. Kind of feel that they're grooming Seth for the Universal Title now. I don't know. I never know. I never know with Lesnar in the fold. Never know. Lesnar is the you know is is the uh, the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I know the Rollins is uh, well. While you think of that word, I can tell you Rollins is definitely more valuable to WWE right now because I've been told that. AJ may be hardballing WWE a little bit. He wants a reduced schedule for his next deal, which is coming up, and that could, and actually that he was pushing to lose the universe or not the universe title, the WWE title. Never home. Mm-hmm. He's got to travel all the time. And uh, yeah, I heard that uh, AJ wants a reduced schedule. We'll have a story up on that. Also heard that uh, heard via a source that Big E might be able to might be soon to resign. <laughs> for five years. So that's one. He deserves a, a a major push in some way uh, as, as a singles entity, whether or not part of the new day, he's great. AOP defeated the bar. Okay. So this match is a brawl. Razor eats some clubs and a brogue kick. Maverick puts his client's foot on the ropes and AOP flattens Sheamus with the suplex power bomb. And that's about it. But right before that happened, Drake Maverick, after he put, Razor's foot on the ropes, runs around the ring in terror from the bar, and literally runs into Big Show, who grabs him by the throat and puts him up on the apron. And on command, our boy rock star Spud, Drake Maverick, pisses his pants. Well, the thing that he had in his in his in his shorts barely worked, and there was a dribble that you could barely see. So you think it was working piss? I I <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, that it was a a, a worked piss joke uh, that didn't work. Man, I shoot piss. All right. Good. Uh, but it had been even funnier if, if they held him up there and he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I can't. Hold on. <laughs> Can someone turn on a tap? Yeah. I, I can't go while everyone's watching. Uh, it no. was so much easier on impact when nobody was watching. I could just yell out to the 12 people in attendance, turn around. Okay. <laughs> uh, listen, I love me some Drake Maverick and I was fully expecting to see him get choke slammed or KO punched. This was just, this was just beneath the dignity of everyone involved. 
I mean, come on. I, there's other ways of, for AOP to, to score a victory over the bar than this. I'm fine with it. I'd be much better with it. I'd be much better with it if he didn't also have to be a respected authority figure on a separate show. This is the first ever that down. This is the first ever victory via right out of the penis. <laughs> but Warren, Alex is absolutely right. That's the thing that I had an issue with as a Navid viewer of 205 Live. Drake Maverick is his character on 205 Live is responsible for the uh, heightened sense of competition within the within the cruiserweight division. He's respected and well liked by his uh, by his uh, talent. They go up to him. He makes decisions. No one really challenges him. He's an authority. Um, so it just shows the dichotomy that exists between between creative on one side and creative over here. Yeah. You know, where it's like, well, he's the small guy. He's tiny, so of course he's going to be afraid of a seven-foot dude. And what is he going to do? Is he going to try and throw a punch? He could have. No, no, he's going to piss himself. So thank God Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali happened because the 205 brand was a struggling tonight between Drake Maverick pissing his pants, Lucha House Party basically disregarding all rules and getting hurt, Kalisto getting hurt. And then Enzo Amore shows up in the crowd. Now, I, I just want to say, guys, let me let me preface all this. This is not a work. It is not a work. Enzo showed up a little bit after the show started, got through security with a pr- pr- pretty much an Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite wig on. <laughs> he was in disguise in the second row, stood up on his seat, Aside, right beside a guy that WWE didn't want backstage to begin with last year, I'm told, and was involved in the controversy earlier this year. Uh, he was the, the person named and starts screaming obscenities to the crowd and trying to get them amped up with a custom WWE championship with his logo on it and tries to cut a promo. He is then tackled by Lisa the woman who you may know as the security guard that wouldn't put over Gronk at WrestleMania. <laughs> the same lady who is beloved within WWE, by, by the way. And they, t- they escort him out via the backstage area. I had a WWE wrestler uh, message me and they go, did that really happen? Uh, who was not there, by the way, and said, God, he is such a gimmick. End quote. Um, he is such a gimmick. Alex, your, your thoughts on this? Somebody tweeted me that when, when it was all coming out and it was like right before the cruiserweight match, they're like, if he jumps the, the barrier and gets involved in Mustafa versus Murphy, and it's not just him being crazy, but it's something WWE is doing, like that's it. It's it's that's it for the brand, it's over, it's done. Yeah. Um, we could never respect it again. Um th- I, but the fact that I I was I was worried he was going to do his little shtick that he wound up doing during the cruiserweight match to be like, I should be actually champion here. He's all about himself. Thank God that whatever happened, he did while the cameras weren't rolling on him, uh, not during a match or during introductions or something. Um, But yeah, this, this guy, um, it's so nice that he hasn't been on TV for such a long time. And now he can go back to not being on TV. It's so desperate. Uh, he, it's completely he is, desperate. He's burned his bridges. I'll tell you that much. And he was a guy who worked WrestleMania last year. Let's not forget. Yeah. 
This is so that was that. And then we moved on to the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Buddy Murphy defeated Mustafa Ali. This was an unbelievable match. So cool. Ali connects with a big somersault sent on to the outside, pushed off the top rope into the barricade. Mm-hmm. Then Mustafa is thrown over the top rope on a rolling DDT attempt. Murphy gets a tope con hilo over the top rope. Back in the ring, Mustafa hits a super kick and a big DDT. Murphy kicks out. There's a Spanish fly off the table for Mustafa, which gets 205 chance yeah. in the Staples Center. Warren, I, I'll bring this up as a plug for Fightful Select every time I can. You cover this every week, live after the block of programming. That had to feel good for you to see the brand that you cover so often that is never referenced on Raw, getting some love on uh, in the Staples Center. First and foremost, just when the the two-hour block of pre-show finished and the match wasn't there, because that's where we 205 Live uh, fans expect our Cruiserweight matches to end up. When it wasn't there, it was a oh, wow. Okay, this is main roster. So right then and there, I was really pleased. But I'll be honest, the 205, 205 chant in the audience made me a little misty-eyed. I was really, really happy because... Man, these guys tore it up, told a fantastic story how Buddy Murphy is the juggernaut. He's the immovable object. He's huge. Mustafa Ali doesn't ha- just didn't have the, the strength to pull it off, to take him down, to, to overcome this obstacle. And it establishes Buddy Murphy so strongly as the guy to chase in 205 Live. And that's what gave me shivers throughout this match. Alex, uh, you're, I know you're a big 205 Live proponent. This was a great display for them. There yeah. was a double powerbomb for Murphy after the corner super kick, and then Murphy caught Ollie midair. Sick. Hit Murphy's Law for the win. Yeah. Um, this was such a great match. I'm so proud of these guys. I mean, you, thank you, whoever decided in WWE, let's give these dudes a showcase in the middle of the actual pay-per-view. Um, because these guys kill it every time they're in the ring together, and they did again tonight. Um, I I love Mustafa Ali, man, and and it wasn't his time tonight. It just wasn't. Like I, I, again, the same thing that I talked about last night with Velveteen Dream. When he had, and winds up being the champion, when he wins that championship, it's going to be his story built over months. Of, that's why I thought Mustafa was 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 primed to win at Mania. Because he was, he had been built over months as the heart of Two Hundred Five Live, beating his best friend Kendrick Alexander when the when the title was up for grabs. Remember, it had been vacated when when Enzo was kicked out. Like that would that would have been his story. This was just he got a title shot by beating another guy, and he got a title shot against Buddy Murphy, who he has had beef with in the past, but nothing really right now. So he wasn't destined to win it tonight. When he does win it, he will be destined to win it. I feel like that's the story they're telling with him. But nobody sells like this guy. Just nobody. Nobody takes the crazy bump that thing off the off the top of the of the turnbuckle all the way to the outside of the barricade that he does too often for my liking because mm-hmm. I love this guy and I want him to stay healthy. But his bumps and selling is just off the charts. I also love Buddy Murphy. I can't say any, any anything bad about that guy. He's so good. Uh, these guys did so great tonight. I want this to continue. Let them have more showcase matches. Like once a month on Raw, the Cruiserweight title should be defended. Once a month. You build it up for three weeks on 205 Live, you have that match on Raw. If it's as good as this match, you'll get people who watch it tuning in on Tuesdays and Wednesdays nights. 
was an outstanding match. We had the Survivor Series matchup next. Team Raw with Leo Rush and Baron Corbin defeated Team SmackDown. Braun Strowman, Lashley, and McIntyre are the survivors. <sighs> Early on, we see Joe locking McIntyre in a Kikina clutch, but he gets Clay Morton pinned. What did you think of this when you saw it, Alex? Oh, poor Samoa Joe. They just done that guy dirty. Just like, I mean, when, when he got called up, I was like, this guy is a multi-time champion. And he's he's going to wind up being a no-time champion. Like, I really believe that. They're not... They 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 had him face AJ Styles like seventeen times and never win the championship from him. And Daniel Bryan gets one shot on an episode of SmackDown and becomes champion. It doesn't look good for Samoa Joe. I, I love that he was aggressive to begin this thing, and I know that what they were doing was really putting over Drew McIntyre. But Samoa Joe never even at this point, unless they switch brands in some way, Samoa Joe never even gets to try and and prove that was a fluke. That, that Drew got one over on him. Like having Samoa Joe be the guy on Team SmackDown that gets flash pinned and not like, I don't know, Jeff Hardy. It just, it made, it made Samoa Joe look weak in that moment. And I, I love that guy so much. I want, I want him to shine and he didn't get a chance to. There's been months of character assassination as far as uh, <laughs> Samoa Joe goes. I mean, there's no other way to call it like that. He doesn't win the big matches. He never does. And at some point, if he's going to be this sociopathic uh, uh, monster who will uh, uh, put Paul Heyman in a corner and whisper creepy promos in his ear to intimidate people. Well, at some point he can, you can be as intimidating as you want, but if you never win the friggin' matches, you'll never ever be able to, to maintain the credibility of being a monster. And that's where I, I, I find Samoa Joe is right now. He needs to win a big match. Shane and Ziggler go at it, and <laughs> maybe it's me, but every time I see somebody hit Shane with a crisp strike, like a drop kick, I'm thinking, Shane probably potatoed them in the corner. That's exactly what I think. And Ziggler cracked, cracked Shane with a drop kick, then hits a fame asser. Shane also a little stiff with a spinning back elbow, and you could see him checking up, Zig- checking up on Ziggler. Like, hey, hey, did I fuck you up? Uh, uh, sorry, man. Like one of those. <laughs> McIntyre and Braun have a pissing contest about tagging in and out, and SmackDown takes advantage. There is an amazing ovation for the 619 on Braun. And as Bo- over as Braun is as a babyface, Alex, that is very cool to see Rey Mysterio. We are ye- just a few years removed from him getting booed out of the arena at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Getting that type of reaction on one of the biggest male babyfaces in the company. Yeah. I mean, Ray, Ray is South Southern California. Like he is, he is that area. And like, they love him down there. And I, I totally understand like that in that moment, it was still great, but I I believe that was part of it. Um, Yeah. That was a really cool moment. I just love how like, Oh, this is all broken down. It's a big, it's a brouhaha. Like, okay. Yeah. Great. Who's, who's legal. Get him back in the ring. Let's do this. When, when these matches that are, have eight guys in them become this and the ref's just out there kind of vaguely waving his arms like the world's laziest aircraft controller, I'm like, okay, great. Actually, let's do the, ju- do the match now, please. Shane McMahon elbow drops Braun through the announce table. Uh, Warren, Shane first did this elbow drop 19 years ago. <laughs> and the fact that he is still able to hit this, I, I just want to say this. You and I, Warren, for a, a Fightful Select retro review that will go up probably, I think, in February, 
we reviewed St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Dare I say, and this may sound controversial, Shane got his jumps from his dad. <laughs> because Vince McMahon got far more air on that spot. He didn't get enough air on the spot where he was supposed to go through the table. But when we saw it, we were like, this table should have been a little closer anyway. Because he flew so far. And Shane McMahon, to be able to do this spot, and, well, one and a half coast to coast <laughs> later in this match, <laughs> it's impressive. He's 48, 49 years old. Oh, like for sure. But I don't know how the old he is. He's old, I believe. But, but, I mean, at this point, Shane has jumped off of more things. Um, I think only uh, maybe uh, Kota Ibushi has uh, jumped off more <laughs> things than Shane McMahon. I think he's got his trigonometry down as to, uh, you know, mass and weight and velocity and all of that. Uh, but you're right. I mean, at his age and still hitting the table spots like that, because he hit it spot on. I mean, there's nothing else you can say. But we're, it's still interesting that we're at a time where it's like, hey, he hit the spot. Uh, he crashed through the table. Let's move on. You know, it's, it's still kind of weird that. I, I, I just, I, I, is, I can't help but think of it as, uh, you know, Shane jumping off of things and trying to, and breaking his body for 20 years and just, you know, trudging backstage and just in so much pain, looking at his dad and they're like, good job. And yeah, all I want is a hug or like, I'm proud of you. But he's a good job. That's okay. Like, I just want my dad to love me. Why do I have to jump off of dad for you to love me? That's, it feels like that to me. I know that's not the case, but it just feels like that. So you have <laughs> Drew hesitating to tag Balor in and gets kicked for it. Balor is dominant, taking out the Miz uh, and getting a sling blade on Jeff. Mysterio stops Balor's hot streak, drops the dime on him for the pin, and then McIntyre attacks Balor. Lashley then slings Mysterio all around pretty impressively. I mean, I guess not that impressively considering the two, but still. Hardy is tagged in. It's a tornado DDT to Drew, but eats a DDT of his own from Ziggler. He gets a twist of fate, but eats knees on the swanton. Uh, I just want to say, I said this last time, good on Ziggler and WWE production for covering for Shane's Coast to Coast. They both do a good job. They shoot it from behind, and Ziggler moves in a little bit. Almost like he's trying to get out of the way, but can't in time. Yeah, I think that's a nice touch. I loved that Miz was like, no, no, no you got to come and do another one now. You got to do another one now. Alex, I thought that was hilarious. He's the team captain. He's calling plays. I just thought, <laughs> like, last time we ran this flea flicker, we scored a touchdown. We got to do it again. And the thing is, Miz, you got to know, you can never run a flea flicker twice in one game. The defense always sniffs it out the second time. And what happened? What happened? The defense snuffed it out this time. But the um, what I what I liked about this is one of the things that really got me in the match because leading up to Survivor Series, Miz was very much a Shane booster, right? It's like two-thirds, you know? It's like, yeah, Shane, you're going to be on the team. And so it carried on into yeah. the match. It's like, come on, Shane, come on, buddy, you know, you can do this, you know, during the pre-show or when, when they were all together at the team, he said, you know, two thirds besties, you know, I'm two thirds of the best. You're the best. Two. I, I, it just carried into the psychology of the match. I thought that was fun. So the second time around, Braun catches him with a big, big clothesline. I thought that was very good. It was, a safer play on the Roman Reigns spear that almost murdered Shane last year and 
<laughs> got him uh, knocked out and caused him to miss a spot. So Strowman just power slams and pins him. Or power slams and pins Hardy, rather. Then everybody else is essentially just one by one picked out by Braun. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. Miz, Mysterio, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon did the little come on type of thing. But uh, Warren, Braun just ran the gauntlet with them. He was channeling his 1994 Survivor Series diesel, Sh- Sean. That's what he was yeah. doing. He was going uh-huh. back to that moment sure. where... <laughs> you can go straight to hell for making me watch that show. <laughs> I'm trying to bring the silver lining here. You can watch On that. On FightfulSelect.com, retro review, available now. Survivor Series 94. It's worth a watch, <laughs> let me tell you. I... Uh, uh, I in particular, I absolutely loved the um, Braun blocking the twist of fate, directing mm-hmm. up Jeff directly into the power slam. I am a sucker for your finisher is blocked by my finisher. Direct, like that's that's if it can if it can look as organic as it is, that was just mwah, perfect. It wasn't it, the the one with Mysterio after wasn't nearly as clean. That one Jeff to Braun looked like it was absolutely made to happen. I, I'm I was such a huge fan of that. I also honestly, I loved Shane being like, "Okay, I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna go out fighting." I thought that was really cool too. I mean, big ups to Shane. Warren, any other thoughts on this match? Uh, what, um, what, well, basically, um, interesting to point out that Shane. Got one over Dolph again, so I guess uh, 50-50 booking doesn't apply to the McMahons. That's my final thought. <laughs> I have confirmed via a source. Uh, thank you, by the way. Uh, worked piss. It's working piss. Oh, was it? I, work. I had no idea. Working piss. Confirmed. It was... There you go. Look at that journalism go. It's, it's what I do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Ronda Rousey defeated Charlotte Flair via DQ. My match ratings, I gave this one a very uh, positive rating, and I gave the post-match angle a 10 out of 10. This was real awesome pro wrestling. Let's, let's talk about the match. Some transitions in and out of arm bars, figure fours, and pins. Then Rousey just chows down on the turnbuckle. <laughs> She, George the Animal, stealed that bottom turnbuckle, <laughs> just ate it. And I thought maybe that's what busted her open at first. No, it was an errant elbow from Charlotte. I can't wait for the shit show that will be people comparing what happened to Becky and what happened to Rhonda and having the the utter balls to compare Charlotte and Nia in the ring or from a safety standpoint. But that that's probably what we're going to do. Rousey does a hanging triangle over the ropes, rolls into one on her feet. Charlotte turns it into a Boston Crab. I love that transition. That was smooth. It was good. It made sense. That's just years of Chris Jericho just taking his spots, and why not? Why not? Charlotte eats a boot, or yeah, eats a boot and a spinning Samoan, but spears Rousey right after for a good near fall. Charlotte applies a figure four, but both women roll out of the ring, and Charlotte's sent to the barricade. She hits another boot. We get this is awesome chance. Rousey has is just so far beyond what she has any business being. Does a essentially a hurricane rana into a triangle armbar. 
has to settle for the spinning Samoan because she can't get it. Charlotte avoids another arm bar. Warren, I want to know your thoughts on this match up until this point, up until the finish, because I really enjoyed it and the crowd was cooking. Um, I was surprised at how physical it was because not only was were there, uh, well, there, you know, there were a lot of transitions, lots of holds, but man, they were laying into each other. You know, when it was time to be, when it was time to to strike, whoo, whoo, it was a uh, was a little snug. It was a little a uh, little a little severe, I'd say. Rhonda, obviously, no problem bleeding. She took a beating in this match, and so did Charlotte. This was a very physical match. Charlotte cracks Ronda with a kendo stick, and I mean, Alex, she abused Ronda. Yeah. Abused. Yeah, this uh, this whole post-match angle um, is, is... I'm very intrigued. It, 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 it's, there's, I will say... Whenever they get around to this whole horsewoman versus horsewoman dealie, it's gonna be lit. I'm ready for it, man. We're, we're gonna we're gonna really go into this. I've got a column coming up. It's up on Select now, but it will be up this week. I love everything about the, especially I can add the Charlotte thing. I might have to rewrite it. Charlotte and Rhonda and Becky, especially these aren't one dimensional. Baby faces only have good qualities. Heels only have bad qualities. Booking, and God damn, do I love that. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about the beating afterwards. Rousey's painted up with blood and scars and welts. Natural selection on the chair. Beat up by officials. Now, Ronda got booed here. But dare I say, and she's she's never been less over as a baby face than now. Right. But dare I say that to a degree, this is sort of her Tommy Dreamer getting caned moment. Very a lot of parallels, but she's not going to be more over than Charlotte Flair right now because they got Charlotte Flair over a big time right yeah. here. This is the deal that I wonder about. I can't imagine that they just that they went into this thing saying, Charlotte, you're going to obliterate two kendo sticks on Rousey, then you're gonna hit her with you're gonna. Be, Natural selection or with a chair. You're gonna you're gonna be insane. You're gonna punch out and spear refs. You're gonna you're going to go insane. After that, we expect you to get thank you, Charlotte chance. I think they do. I, they, I, they've done it with Becky for months. I can't believe that, Sean. I can't believe that was what their intention was because it's not how this company views baby faces and heels. Uh, it might not be how they do, but it might be how Paul Heyman does, and he's the one that's running running these promos that may be the case i we we've since since two weeks left in the bella weeks bella storyline he's been helping her and he has his finger on the pulse of things and i don't buy for a minute that he doesn't think that millennial man and avocado and all the horse shit that's been thrown that way is to gain a babyface reaction I don't know. Thank you, Charlotte. Just, just look. It wasn't like a cheering for Charlotte. It was like thank you for beating the shit out of this other person that we don't like because we like the other person who was knocked out of the match six days ago more. And they, the whole thing ended with with Rousey being like the other thing is that the commentators were talking about how horrible Charlotte was as they were getting thank you, Charlotte chance which always makes me go, Vince thinks one thing, the crowd thinks something else. And that's interesting, at least. But after all that, 
what we were left with was Ronda Rousey trudging up the ramp, looking back at the crowd like, how could you betray me? Because they were giving her a Becky chant. A woman who wasn't even on the car, wasn't even in the building, for all we know, was getting chanted after that. That's how over Becky is. At, like, how stratospherically over this whole angle is, is that Becky is the chant we get at the end of that. I have it on pretty good authority that as it pertains to Becky at the very least and everything that she's been involved with, they have had their finger on the pulse of that pretty well since the end of August to the point to where they they knew what commentators saying certain things would do. They mm. wanted to create a counterculture type of reaction to her. And I had somebody compared to Daniel Bryan. It is not like Daniel Bryan. They did not want Daniel Bryan to be what Daniel Bryan was every step of the way. They tried to transfer his heat to other people. They tried to get Randy over. They, they didn't want him to win the Rumble. They were forced into that. Despite Dave Batista telling them, hey, it's probably best if you go with, with Daniel in this spot. They did not want that for months. It's in Daniel Bryan's book. Yeah. He's not kayfabing in his book, you guys. Uh, the Becky thing, they recognized it, and they they pivoted. They didn't recognize it until two days after uh, SummerSlam. We've talked about that before, but Warren, we've been, me and Alex have been going back and forth here. I want to know what you think about this. I love this angle, and I love the match. I, lo- I think the angle was fantastic, and I, I kind of feel that we are at a moment where WWE maybe is, at least for the women, it's kind of shifting the way that they're approaching things, because if... You know, we've been talking about the four horse women angle for uh, it feels like decades now, but it's been coming. It's been coming. It's been speculated. Now I really feel like the first shots have been fired tonight, like the real official shots have been fired. The UFC horsewomen or the real four horsewomen can't be baby faces in this situation. And that's the thing when everyone's saying, oh, Shayna Baszler is going to get called up with uh, um, with uh, Shafir and Duke and uh, they're, they're, it's all going to happen. They can't bring, they can't bring this storyline in without Ronda being a heel. It just won't work. They're not going to put their women, WWE's women, as the heels in this situation. Yeah. It's going to be the opposite. And so good as, luck with those four being heels. Yeah, exactly. So as long as Ronda is not a heel, it's not happening. But but I really feel if I'm a betting man, I have 10 Canadian rubber bucks that says that tomorrow night, Ronda Rousey just may cut a you people promo. I'm kind of expecting that. So, wow, I'm told that the, the refs essentially were telling Charlotte to lay it in on him, and she took it easy on them. Not so much on uh, Ronda, though. <laughs> but as we mentioned about the heel-face dynamic, Baszler, Duke, Shafir, heels. Yeah. It's, how are you going to turn him babyface? You can't. Ronda is ready, prepared. I'm telling you guys, Paul Heyman and Ronda Rousey know what they are doing with this, and – you look up and down at those four women. Becky Lynch is the most over woman maybe ever, maybe at this point. Mm-hmm. There, were, there was a point where AJ Lee was one of the hottest things on Raw. You could maybe argue that. Mm-hmm. You have Bailey, the most white meat baby face of any woman in WWE history. Sasha Banks, who I can tell you from traffic numbers and engagement, among the most passionate fan bases in WWE history. And Charlotte, 
who WWE once as their golden girl would love for them to be their golden girl. Uh, B. Arthur style hot dog. That was just a good fun time. Really enjoyed it. Tell you what I also enjoyed Brock Lesnar defeating Daniel Bryan. Alex, I love, I, I, as I saw Daniel Bryan walking to the ring, I was like, what? why does that look so familiar? Tell us why it looked so familiar, Alex. I don't remember if it was Total Divas or Total Bellas. Uh, when when Brian was still on the shelf before he came back, uh, he was talking to Sami Zayn at the Performance Center. And he was showing Sami Zayn that he had this new style he was trying out that if he ever got to come back, it would lessen impact on his neck and stuff because it would be based all on like crawling around on all fours and doing cartwheels and evasive maneuvers and stuff. <laughs> it was like this animal thing that he was doing. And he would say, and, and if I ever wrestle Brock Lesnar, I'm going to use this style. And when he came out he to the ring on his way down to the ramp, he walked like three or four steps on all fours. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to do the animal thing that he talked to Sammy Zane about on Tootle Divas that one time because I'm a giant <laughs> nerd. And I remember stuff like that from like three years ago. There's some good stuff on those shows occasionally. Yeah, there, occasionally there is, yeah. So early on, Brian drop kicks Brock's knee and takes the jog around the ring. He is trolling Brock Lesnar. I think this version of Daniel Bryan against Brock Lesnar is is best. Because it yeah. does it humbles him a little bit and it shows that he can still be a troll, but that's the only offense he would get for a while. He gets German suplexed on the back of his head after he gets clotheslined in the head. And I just got to say thank you to Brock on the second attempt for doing something vaguely resembling a bridge. (laughs) That way Brian wouldn't die. But as I tweeted, if I'm in WWE and I'm told to take the Lesnar German, I'm going, doesn't work for me, brother. HH. I'll take one of those belly to bellies instead. And uh, Daniel Bryan took a a lot of them. Brock bear hugs Brian. Suplexes him overhead a couple times. Now, WWE wrestlers are told not to directly interact with fans in the middle of a match. That does not apply for Brock Lesnar, who tells a fan to shut up, you fucking moron. <laughs> Listen, nothing applies to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, the word girls is banned from the WWE broadcast. But apparently, quote, shut up, you fucking moron, <laughs> end quote, is a go. We see some bear hugs, some suplexes, some F5s, and Brock pulls up Brian, and then we see the comeback. Warren, I got to ask you, did you think that the comeback was going to happen? Uh, yes, <laughs> because I yeah, I kind of feel like it was patterned off of uh, the match that Brock had with AJ last mm-hmm. year, where AJ got no offense for the better first third of the match. Uh, but then when he did mount his comeback, uh, it was spectacular and here while i was wondering how uh our our new version of daniel bryan which i will officially refer to as Gollum from now on uh i was really wondering how he was going to go about doing it uh and i honestly think that if he hadn't done the heel turn if he had stuck to being white meat baby face daniel bryan i don't think it would have been as compelling as it was i would argue the same so, <laughs> Brock F5's Brian into the ref and gets kicked right in the penis. Now, Alex, I don't know if you were on the SmackDown broadcast yet when Mike Kyoto cashed in the money in the bank with Carmella. Oh, no, I, I absolutely was, yes. Okay. Kayfabe, he'd be fired. 
Yeah, he's he's the worst the worst kayfabe ref in the history of refing. Yes, he's terrible. Brian cracks Brock with the flying knee for two point nine, stomps him out. Lesnar goes for an F five, but <laughs> can't do it and swings wildly and flies over the top rope. Brian posts Lesnar but gets caught on a suicide dive and slammed into the ring post. Lesnar tries to go after Brian with stairs but misses and walks into a flying knee off the apron. Another in the ring gets a near fall. Brian goes after the leg of Lesnar, and Brock's leg gives out on an F5. Yes, Locke's applied, but Brock has to work to get out, and Brian goes to cross-face punches, which I love. Brian then rolls into a triangle, gets picked up, an F5. Lesnar wins. Alex, you said on Twitter that if Daniel Bryan could drag Lesnar to a 6 out of 10 on my yes, scale. Or out of your scale, yes. That you would be surprised. Dare I say that he far I- exceeded it. Uh, he did. He absolutely did. I'm. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, Daniel Bryan's uh, a, an amazing talent, uh, a br- brilliant wrestler, and proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt tonight with this match, with this this storytelling. Because here's the deal. I don't know if if the if all the German suplexes had had and belly to bellies had looked as safe as I would say eighty percent of them did. Um. You know, okay, fine. But that first one looked like Brian had been killed. Like he landed all on the back of his head. And and, and I was like, oh, no, 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 Daniel. Daniel, it's not worth your career to, to have this match. This dude is, is he's a trained grizzly bear occasionally will maul someone to death. Like that's the thing with, with Brock Lesnar. You never know if today's the day where he's going to kill somebody. Because... He's a giant guy who just throws people around and occasionally something goes wrong. Yeah, fair. If it's Daniel Bryan, you don't want it to be tonight. That first one got me so worried for him that the comeback worked. Otherwise, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been worried. That that's how brilliant this whole thing came into play. The dick kick after the after the F5 into the ref who was woefully out of position. No one's ever stood there on an F5. Yeah. Not ever. Mag Mike Yoda. <laughs> what the hell? Um <laughs> anyway, everything after that was just so great. Like I, I, I love Daniel Bryan with a little bit of, you know, evil or as Jerry Lutter would say, diarrhea in him because, yeah. like that 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 thing where he stomps on 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 Brock's face while pulling it up toward him by the arms. Gosh, that's that's just brutal looking. He, he's the American Dragon has been woken from its mm. slumber, and <laughs> I I am here for that shit. I, I I really like all this. The one the one the one finish I've always booked in my head out of for for a match between Lesnar and and Brian almost took place, which is why I wanted Brian to have the, the yes lock applied and Brock to fight out of it enough that he's able to stand up with Brian still on his shoulders and transfer from that position into the F five and out of it. But other than that. This this match is an absolute home run for what I was worried it was going to be. My God, they, they, Daniel Bryan just he's he's otherworldly, man. If you all want to see a bigger struggle for Daniel Bryan, check out any live stream I do of WWE Two K Nineteen as I play through showcase mode <laughs> and just fail miserably <laughs> over and over again. It took me like eight times to beat the Miz. Uh, that is a, a stream worth watching. I almost rage quit, which I committed to never doing. Warren, your thoughts on this match? I loved it. We got two legit 
like dream matches for a WrestleMania headlining the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought that the last match was fantastic. Uh, I was a bit bummed when it did, to, when we didn't get Lesnar Styles too, but you know this is a well more than a nice consolation prize. I uh, and it had me it had me believing for a second when when the yes lock was applied and Brock uh, his eyes were popping out of his head like he was he was doing a good job selling you know motivated Brock is fun yeah. Brock yeah you know you got to put that in perspective too when he when he's uh, he knows he's in a big match with someone who goes someone who he probably respects eh, he gives a little extra something so when he broke out that first time and it got locked in again. And his, uh, he, he was turning purple and not just by walking around in the ring. <laughs> um, he, I really for a moment thought that Daniel Bryan was going to pull it off. Now, the question that I have is where do they go from here with Bryan? Who I really feel like I didn't know the, 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 the total Bellas thing because I don't watch that show. But uh, to, when he started walking on all fours towards the ring with his weird smile and hold, clutching the belt, he started to look like Gollum to me. Yeah. Uh, and his reactions in the ring sort of, Reminded me of that too. So, you know, I'm really interested to see where we go from this point on. Uh, is it AJ Styles that's still in his future? Who's next? What's going on, man? Can't wait. I don't know if AJ knows what's next either, but no AJ, no Randy Orton. Uh, some people missing from this show. Uh, you still have Ruby Riot and Natalia to work through because they, they essentially had them on the show without having them on the show, which I thought, all things considered, was good. That set off a chain of reaction or chain of events that set up several matches. I thought that tonight's show and last night's show was some damn good pro wrestling, and I had fun watching it. And, you know, I had to squeeze in a UFC show, by the way, cheap plug, Fightful MMA podcast, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, UFC Argentina reveal. We're previewing Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Why? I don't know, but it's going to happen. <laughs> but I, I had fun this weekend. I had fun watching wrestling this weekend from start to finish, to be honest with you. Uh, it was a blast. If this is your first time checking out Fightful, go to Fightful.com. Maybe you don't like MMA or boxing. That's fine. Go to FightfulWrestling.com. That's how you get all the uh, just wrestling content. We do post-Raw shows, post-Smackdown shows, live in five. I think that's what we're saying, or what is it, Alex? Live at 11.05 and live at 10.05. Yep, there you go. We go right. We go five minutes after the conclusion of each broadcast. We do have that MMA podcast Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. We had The List and your Boy. That's our flagship shows Wednesday. We have our 100th edition, November 28th. I have committed to way too many things, some of which have unraveled uh, quite woefully over the last couple of days. Uh, I'll tell the stories on the air, but a lot of the stuff I promised, oh, maybe not. We'll talk about it. We have an events page because I'm fighting our producer, Melissa. That's going to happen. Leave us a thumbs up and subscribe, guys. But Warren, let the people know where they can find you on social media and what you got going on this week. Well, first and foremost, like every week, FightfulSelect.com. You get in, you subscribe at the $5 tier. You get to see me doing my 205 Live NXT, NXT UK recaps. I do them uh, every Wednesday night after that block of programming is done. I do them live. So there's a chat room. There's people coming in. It's a lot of fun. Otherwise, you can follow me on uh, on social media at uh, uh, Mr. Warren Hayes on Twitter or at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Alex, have any Thanksgiving plans? 
Uh, yeah, my uh, my in laws are coming up. I mean, we're doing the bird and everything, all the fixings. It's gonna be gonna be fun, uh, but not as fun as seeing which brand Lars Sullivan debuts on because they were very <laughs> clever in not telling us where he's gonna go. They do say that the bird is the word, Alex. The, the bird, the bird is always the word. Ba 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 ba. The bird is the word. If you guys want to do us a solid, head over to youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. Hey, I know it sounds like I'm plugging a lot of stuff, but we got three websites in one and a premium site. YouTube's to go with them. Subscribe. Leave a comment over there. You'll be entered to win that Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture signed photo ahead of Chuck Liddell's return next weekend. My God, I will be at Starcade on Saturday. I'll have a report on that. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This was a wildly successful live stream, but we are on podcast platforms everywhere. Thank you guys so much. Follow me at Sean Ross at follow us at Fightful Online. You can retweet our pinned post and be entered to when I listen to your boy Polo, which they haven't even given me for some reason. Thank you guys. We're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.